الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل يا عبادي الذين أصرفوا على أنفسهم لا تقنطوا من رحمة الله سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم For years, anthropologists, social psychologists have studied human beings and in particular, what makes human beings happy? What makes human beings perform well? What allows them to do their best? There's been lots of research on this, both in the corporate world and in any training setting. And of course, what they've discovered is that human beings respond very well to positive reinforcement. It's part of human nature. That when a person is reinforced positively, then not only do they perform well, but they themselves are happy. And this in general is what makes human beings happy. Now interestingly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deals with us positively as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He deals with human beings and believers in particular positively as well. It comes in hadith, it's in sahih hadith narrated in Bukhari and Muslim, that on the Day of Judgment there will be a man who will have spent his entire life sinning against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he will be brought before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his questioning to begin. And this will be displayed in front of everyone. So the conversation will be private, but the exposition uh, will be pub- but it will be a public exposition. And so that person will then begin to realize that he has spent his entire life transgressing against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now every single sin that he had performed, his entire life, moment by moment, is now going to be detailed before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he'll be very worried. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask, the, will ask that person, did you commit such and such and such and such mistake? And that person will say yes. And he'll continue to ask, did you commit this? Did you commit that? Did you commit this? Did you commit that? And that person will think, I'm doomed. I'm guilty. But for every single thing, he'll admit to it. For every single thing, he'll admit to it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of the entire situation, will pull out something very positive. He'll say that, Allah, uh, he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say that, I covered up your sins in that life. No one knew about it. And today, I'll, uh, today I'm not going to reveal them either. And that person will be granted Jannah. This is narrated in Bukhari Muslim. This is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala works. On the day of judgment, He's so positive with the believers that He will scan us on the day of judgment and He'll look for even some iota of good in, in, in us. Anything. He'll look for something that's positive and He'll highlight that positive. It comes in another hadith narrated in Tirmidhi. Similarly, a man who has spent his entire life transgressing against Allah, he'll be presented before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment. And it's said that his sins or his, his sins will be collected in 99 volumes. And each volume will be so large, meaning it's, it's writing. Each volume will be so large that it will be as far as the eye can see. So that's how much time, or that's how much this, this person had transgressed against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can imagine what, what his state is. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again will, be, will ask this person, did you do this mistake? Did you commit that sin? And that person will say yes and yes. And in his mind or in her mind, they're thinking, I'm doomed. There's no way out of this. 
Every single thing I did in my life was against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I, follow, I didn't follow any of His commands. I'm doomed. In fact, my sins can be visible from here until the end of, uh, end of the end of that I can see. And that's each individual volumes and 99 volumes will be collected about this person. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, just wait, wait. Maybe there is something. And a piece of paper will be brought out before that person. And on that sheet of paper, it'll be written, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah. And it'll be said to that man, that, let's see, let's weigh this against this 99 volumes of sin. Right? 99 volumes, each volume, as far as the eye can see, let's weigh it, let's put it on a scale. So the man will say, what is that going to do? This is a, it's a sheet of paper, right? A sheet of paper, you drop it in the air and it can't even withstand air resistance and it just starts floating around before it hits the ground. So he'll say, what kind of weight will this thing have? But it'll be told to him, don't worry, let's just see. So it'll be placed on the scale. On one side will be the sheet of paper. And on one side will be his entire collection, lifetime worth of sin, 99 volumes, each volume as far as the eye can see. And the scale will tip in favor of the, uh, uh, the weight will be in favor of the, the shahada. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu Muhammad sallallahu And the man will be astonished. How is it that this one, you know, kalima, this, this bearing, uh, or to testify that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his, is, is, is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How is it that it weighs that much? But the favor is tipped in his skill and that person will be granted Jannah as well. Allah Ta'ala loves looking, taking out the positives from His believers. And this is the way the deen works in general if you look at it. That you spend however you spend your day. But if you make wudu, your sins are wiped away. You make one wudu, the next, from the next wudu, your sins are wiped away in between. Right? For the sins of the hands, when you make wudu, the sins of the hands are washed away. The sins of the limbs, the sins of the mouth, the sins of the tongue, the sins of the feet, they're washed away with each wudu. So multiple times in a day, our sins are being washed away. Between one salah to the next salah, our sins are washed away. We pray one salah, and the next salah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wipes away the sins in between that salah. One time a companion came to the Prophet wasallam, and he had committed you know, a minor form of zina. Right? He had interacted with a the, with the, with the, with the woman in a particular way, and he came to the Prophet wasallam and he said, I just did this, what do I do now? So the Prophet wasallam, you know, kind of was in not really giving him full attention. So he said, what do I do, what do I do? So the Prophet said, pray your salah, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. So the Prophet ﷺ led the salah in jama'ah and after they finished the salah, the Prophet ﷺ got up and he started walking away and the man rushes to the Prophet ﷺ and said, you told me to wait till after the salah and now you're leaving, what, what do I do? So the Prophet ﷺ said, you just prayed the salah. The salah that you performed just expiated the sin that you had performed as well. So the salah is a way of our sins falling off our body. From one jum'ah to the next jum'ah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wipes away sin. From one Ramadan to the next Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wipes away that year's worth of sin. And a person who spent their entire life transgressing against Allah, ultimately, if they go and perform hajj, and just spend a few moments at Arafah, right? Not like several days, just a few moments at Arafah, that person returns back home as if they're a newborn child. Meaning they have no record of any of this. There's no record of their sin. It isn't that it's there and, and the Day of Judgment, it'll be there and we'll have to see, oh, it was there but we overlooked it. No, it's completely wiped away. So this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala functions. It comes in, in narration that at the, in the time of Bani Israel, there was a woman who prostituted herself. She prostituted herself, which we regard as, as something that's sinful. She had prostituted herself, and she, that, was her, that was what she did. And she had come near a well, it was a hot day, and there was a dog, that she was, and she had taken water from that well, and she had quenched her thirst, and there was a dog that was panting out of thirst. 
And she saw that and so she took her shoe off and she got a water from that well and she gave it to that dog. Right? She felt sorry for the dog, this being a creation of Allah and this, you know, in this hot weather, etc., needing some sort of assistance. So that lady's story, who had spent her entire life prostituting herself, right? Just sinning and sinning and sinning. This was her day and her night. And she did this one action that was so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that it's written in the books of hadith that this woman was forgiven of all of her sins. One action like this. And another story, at the time of Bani Israel, again, there was a man, his name was Kifil. And what he used to do was again transgress against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by night and by day. In fact, it's said that by day he would drink, all day he would drink. And at night, he would sleep with a new woman, every single night. By day he would drink and at night he would sleep with a new woman. So one night, he, a woman had come and he had brought her in for the same purpose. And, it'll be, and, he'll be, and she'll be very shy. And she's a woman of izzah. And she'll say, and he'll ask her, why are you crying? She starts crying in front of him. Why are you crying? What's, the, what's going on? So she said, you know, the reality is that the reason I did this was because I'm, in, I'm impoverished. And I needed a little bit of assistance. But you know, the truth is, I'm a woman of izzah. I have respect, I have dignity, I have honor, and I don't think I can do this. So Kifil, when he had seen you know, the reaction of this woman, he himself began to cry. He cried and cried and cried in front of her. And he said to her, you know what? You're free to do as you wish on this day. The money is yours, just leave. But make dua for me. I'm a sinful person. Please make dua for me. It was his nadama, his feeling sorry for himself, that as a result of that, or just because after this occasion, this incident had happened, that same night, the woman had left and he had not committed the sin. That woman left and that night, he went to sleep. And, and that night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took his soul away. Allah ta'ala took his soul away. He didn't know that he was going to pass away that night. Right? The one night where he decided to feel sorry for what he did, he decided, uh, Allah ta'ala decided to take his, his life away. Now, this person was known in the community to be someone who you know, no one wanted to interact with. Right? He, they were new. He was a transgressor. He was sinful. He was wretched. Nobody wanted to interact with him. So it said that nobody would perform his janazah unless something were to happen. So the following morning after he had passed away, written on his, above his door of his house, written in that door in Arabic, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had written, إِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ غَفَرَ لِلْكِفِلِ Verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has, has forgiven kifil. Now when, Allah, when that statement is written, then of course the rest of the community is going to now accept him. But it wasn't that this person had planned that he was going to die. It was Allah ta'ala's mercy that one, that person felt nadama, just because he felt sorry for what he did. Right? And he even recognized his own wretchedness. Allah ta'ala took his soul away and he forgave him of all of his sins. And Allah Ta'ala testified it, and this comes in narration. So this is the way Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala deals with human beings. Now our deepest desire, our deepest desire as believers, is that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala deal with us positively on the Day of Judgment. Because that day will be very difficult, right? Every moment we'll have to answer before Allah. Every salah that we missed or every salah that we de delayed, any zakah that we did not calculate correctly, any time we wronged another person, every single thing, every moment will be detailed on that day. And it's our deepest desire. It's not just our desire, it's our need. And in fact, it's our dependence on that day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deal with us positively. And that through that one or two things that we may have done, or maybe some sincere action that we had performed, that Allah ta'ala highlight that and He grant us Jannah. 
The reality is on the day of judgment, none of us are going to be able to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say, Ya Allah, I worshipped you my entire life. I did everything you wanted me to do. So now as a result of it, grant me Jannah. None of us will be able to say this. And in fact, even if we were to, even if we were to be able to say this, that I had spent 60 years non-stop in the service of my Creator, the equivalent of that would be 60 years in paradise, right? 60 years of worship, you put in 60 years of effort, you should get 60 years of reward, right? That's, that's how it should be. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for someone who really does spend 60 years of service to Him, grants them an eternity in Jannah. Grants them an eternity in Jannah. But none of us can say that. That's the strength of the Prophets. So we are all in need that Allah Ta'ala deal with us positively in the Day of Judgment. Now there's one premise to be dealt with positively. There's one premise that if you and I want Allah Ta'ala to deal with us positively on the Day of Judgment, there's one premise for this. And it comes in the Hadith of the Prophet When he says, Ar-Rahimuna yarhamuhum ar-Rahman He says, Irhamu man fil ard have mercy, have compassion toward those on the earth. يَرْحَبْنُكُمْ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاءِ The one in the skies and the one in the heavens will have mercy upon you. If you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show you mercy on the Day of Judgment, if I want Allah ta'ala to show me mercy, highlight something small and make it something big and grant me paradise. يَرْحَبْنُكُمْ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاءِ If this is what we desire from Allah, يَرْحَبْنُكُمْ مَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ Then we should be people who deal with others positively. The way that we want Allah Ta'ala to deal with us in the Day of Judgment is the way we should deal with people on this earth today. And there's perhaps no better display of positivity in this form of interaction than the way the Prophet ﷺ dealt with his companions. He was always so positive. The Prophet ﷺ was always so positive. It comes in narration, one, comes, one Sahabi, I think it was Amr bin Al-As once he had come to the Prophet وسلم, and he asked the Prophet وسلم, he said, Am I the most beloved companion to you? Am I the most beloved companion to you? Because he received so much attention from the Prophet وسلم, he felt as if there was no one that was better than him. Right? There was no one better than him. So the Prophet وسلم, said, Abu Bakr he is the closest to me. So this companion said, Hmm, strange. I thought I was the most, that was the closest to the Prophet. He's given me so much attention, so much love, so much compassion, so much mercy. I thought I was. Okay, anyways, after Abu Bakr, Ya Rasulullah, am I, am I the next, am I next in line? He was, you know, he had high hopes. The Prophet said, No, Umar bin Khattab, he is the one who's closest to me after. Then he's saying, Okay, I must be next on the list. There's no way that anyone could receive as much as I did. He asked Am I next? And the Prophet said to Uthman bin Affan, he is the next one who is closest to me. So then the Sahabi, after hearing this, he said, You know what? I'm not even going to ask because I don't know how far down the list I am. I thought I was at the top of the list because of the love and the attention that I was receiving from Prophet, but who knows? Maybe I'm actually at the bottom of this list. Meaning the Prophet gave each companion, each Sahabi, so much love. So much respect, so much attention, so much compassion that they felt they were the closest companion to the Prophet There's other narrations where companions, when they would sit with the Prophet they would feel as if they were the most special person in the gathering. For some reason, he would have such a positive attitude coming from him that it would emanate on every single person in that gathering. They would think that if he's speaking, he must be speaking exactly to me. If he's smiling, he must be smiling for me. If he's looking, he must be looking only at me. He must have looked at me. 
This was the sunnah of the Prophet that in his interactions and his dealings with people he was very positive. That they would feel that they were the ones that were the most deserving of his attention. So anytime we deal with anyone as well, we should pick up the positive of the situation. Always look at the positives in people. When we deal with our spouses for instance, we should deal with them positively. Marriage is what? It's the coming together of two deficient, imperfect people who on their marriage or wedding day are portrayed as people that are perfect but in reality are imperfect. And they are expected to live this perfect harmonious life. Yet when they're brought together and they're put under one roof, that imperfection then multiplies and it compounds. And then the home becomes uh, you know, a form of Jahannam. So how is it that two people that carry this baggage of weakness and imperfection, how is it that they're supposed to live together? Is the solution that you know marriage is just supposed to be this big headache? No, but the idea is that we should overlook our mistakes. The husband overlooked the mistakes of the, of the wife, and the wife overlooked the mistakes of the husband. And they pick up those one or two things that are positive, and they highlight these things, and they magnify these things, and it's under the magnifying lens of this, that the rest dissipates, and that's what forms a happy marriage. The same principle applies to the relationship between a father and a son, or between a mother and a son, or a mother and her daughter. If the son spends his entire life thinking or saying that my father isn't this, my father isn't that, my father isn't this, then they'll never have a positive relationship. And if the father spends his entire life thinking or saying that my son isn't this, I wanted you to become such and such person, I wanted you to do this, I wanted you to do that, look at Bakr, look at Umar, look what they accomplished. This type of negativity is so crushing. This type of negativity is so crushing to the child that the parent loses their child. It might, the child might call them, you know, mom or dad, but this, this empty call, there's nothing there. But a little bit of positive reinforcement, it creates such a strong bond between a mother and a son, between a wife and a husband, and it takes that relationship far along its path of development. So we have to be people of positive negativity. Just like the Prophet ﷺ was one who was positive. When we deal with people in this world, we have two choices. We can either be positive or we can be negative. The reality is that today people are just looking for a little bit of positive reinforcement. The best da'wah in today's day and age is that we make people feel special. Today no one makes anyone feel special. But if we make people feel special, we highlight the, the, the good, even if it's a little, highlight the good within them, they will become very drawn toward us. They'll become very drawn toward us. So if you're positive with people, you encourage them, you pick out the good within them, and then you highlight that, then those people will become very closely drawn toward you. And that positivity comes in so many forms. That positivity comes in the form of a smile. Right? It's sunnah to smile. The Prophet said, Verily from amongst those things that are good, in another hadith, Don't take this, this deed of smiling, don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly at all. This is a very weighty deed. This is what spreads love and compassion amongst the communities. That positivity comes in the form of gratitude. The Prophet said, That if you don't thank mankind, if you don't thank people, if you don't thank them, then you're not thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That positivity comes in the form of congratulating people. You know, speaking uh, light words, being people, speak, speaking positively. The Prophet said, That person that believes in Allah Ta'ala and the final day, then he should speak good or remain silent. Speak good or remain silent. Amazing that the Prophet's choice, he said, whoever believes in Allah and believes in the hereafter. He didn't say believes in Allah and his messenger. 
Believe in Allah in the final day, that day in which your every word, every speech, everything that comes out of your tongue will have to be answered for. The Prophet didn't think, remember that day. Remember that day. If you believe in that day, then speak well. Speak well. That positivity comes in the form of showing mercy to one another, as we had highlighted. The positivity comes in the form of, in general, having a positive outlook on things. The Prophet said so beautifully. Be people who give black tidings and don't be people who are just always being so negative. And make things easy for people, don't make things difficult for people. Right? Even in our thinking we should be positive. From time to time we should be thinking about Jannah. Right? We should be thinking about what kind of home we want to have. We should be thinking of what kinds of rewards we want to receive in paradise. This sort of, this sort of reflection, right? being positive, this has such a powerful impact on us, on our psyche, on our mind. Even when a calamity befalls us, we should be people who are positive. Right? If someone, for instance, loses a child, there's no greater calamity than someone who, who loses their child. It's, it's very difficult to even imagine that sort of encounter or, or that sort of experience. But we should be people who try to highlight the positive even within that situation. When Allah Ta'ala brings a calamity upon the person, we should try to pull out the positive even in that situation. We should tell the family, or we should tell ourselves that perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to grant this child his reward earlier. Why have him wait, you know, a few more years, 40, 50 years? Or why even challenging why even challenge the child with the difficulties of this world? Perhaps this child's iman wouldn't last for as long as he would. Why not just grant him the reward right away? So maybe this is why Allah Ta'ala took the child away. So we should we should, you know, be people of, of positivity even when calamity strikes. So if we want happiness in our, in our lives, we should be positive. If we want happiness in our homes, we should be positive. If we want happiness in, in our communities, in the people that we interact with, we should be people who are positive. Human beings, they need positive interaction. They need positive reinforcement. This is the way Allah Ta'ala designed us. You give someone a few pats on the back, and that person will begin to love you. You look at the life of Rasulullah each person, each Sahabi got a smile. Each person got a handshake. Each person a positive word, and it carried them so far that they felt like they were the most special people on, on, on the planet. Those few packs went such a long way. And he, sallallahu alayhi wa is our best example. So if we want, and if we desire, and we do, that Allah Ta'ala deal with, all, we deal with us positively on the Day of Judgment, and overlook our mistakes, and overlook our faults, and overlook our sins, and rather highlight the good that maybe is, is there within us, then the premise for that is that we have to deal with people positively. We have to deal with people positively. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to become people of positivity. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to follow every sunnah of the Prophet in his interactions with his Lord and in his interaction with people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all paradise and jannah without any questioning on the day of judgment.